How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Beyond the Blind. I am your host, Chris Adams. If you're following along with us on any podcast type thing, (laughs) iTunes podcast, Podbean, whatever it is, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, Leave us a review, comments on there. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate the guys who have done that, and I hope the the new listeners hit that subscribe button so that way... uh, You know, they can get notified every time there's a new episode. Check us out on social media. Type in BTBN and uh, Facebook, Instagram. Find out what's going on. New episodes released. Um, You can join that closed group, BTBN Podcast. Had quite a few guys join that over the last few weeks. And uh, that's where we're going to do most of the interacting with uh, different comments and stuff like that. My messages are just too busy. If you message me on the messenger, I have a auto-respond thing on the BTBN page, so it'll auto-respond, and then I won't even know there is a message. And, uh, yeah, just just comment or make a post in the podcast group. If you want to get a hold of me, it's probably the easiest way for me to see it. Um, yeah. Anyway, make sure you check out the head-to-head callmaker build-off. We are approximately one week away. This is the last week of August, so it's coming out on Monday. So next Tuesday, we should have the first head-to-head competition. I've seen pictures of some of the guys, and there are some wicked, wicked calls. Let's hope they've learned how to run a routine in that time frame, uh, or else Domingo Sanchez is going to walk away with another trophy to add to the trophy case. But, nah, just kidding. I, uh, I think it's going to be really fun. Check out the live videos on, uh, you know, the Facebook page. And, uh, you know, if you check out stories on either of the uh, social media accounts, we're posting little clips about the different call makers and stuff like that that are in it. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of excitement going on with it. So uh, make sure you tune in if you haven't yet. And uh, I'll get a date of when we're going to go live and put it out on one of the next podcast here too so today i have a guy who he he's not a call maker he's not a competition caller he's not a tv guy he is a call collector that turned collecting into a marketplace for small shop guys it's kind of a really cool idea i've seen him doing it for a couple of years um he's had quite a few guys that we've had on the podcast with calls coming through here and there with uh, his company. So, without further ado, Mr. Joey Hip. Joey, how's it going, brother? Hey, brother, what's going on, man? How are you? Dude, just winding down another weekend. It is, uh, it finally got hot again here in Missouri. It was nice and uh, mild all week, and then, you know, for the weekend, the weather was nice and got outside and made the kids run around in the park for a couple hours. We, uh, they have a horrible problem with technology. They're all like six and seven. All they want to do is sit inside and play tech freaking games all day long. So I think uh, that's kids. Kids these days, you know. Oh yeah, you would have thought we were murdering them today. We freaking they, we made them stay outside all day long. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, you know, to, to have them outside running, playing, you know, doing things they should be doing instead of glued to a, a iphone ipad t you know computer tv whatever 
Yeah, exactly, man. I, they they came inside and they're like, we're bored. We have nothing to do. I was like, you have a hoverboard, a scooter, an electric scooter, a bike, sidewalk chalk. You guys have so much crap. I had a stick when I was growing yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We were we were out on our bikes at you know literally seven o'clock, and you know we were in somebody's house for lunch, but uh, come when the street lights started coming on, you, you know, you started hearing moms out yelling out the, out the garages, you know, yelling for you. But that was the time when the street light, lights came on, it was time to go home, you know. <laughs> That's when you knew you were in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, exactly. There was just, exactly. people just like stepped outside and yelled across the neighborhood. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or, or someone's mom called the other mom and let them know, hey, they're they're piled up over here doing something. So yeah, you know. right, man. It's dude. It's not like that anymore. It's I don't know. We live in a nice neighborhood. Like that was one thing I always wanted when I knew that I, you know we were gonna have kids and stuff like that. Is it'd be cool to live out in the country. Of course, I love it. I'm a hunter, man. I would. Right. I would love yeah. to be able to step out on the back deck any time of night and blow the call as loud as I want to. Like I can't do that here. But having kids, I want like dude, our our street is always chaos. There are like 12 freaking kids all within my kids age range and I mean they run like a little gang and I was like this is awesome. <laughs> this is what I loved growing up. Yeah, well, that's that's good. At least they're getting out, getting around, you know, because there's so many out there right now that you know they they don't let them out of the house. They they're afraid, and uh, like you said, this year's been one for the ages for sure. Well, yeah, definitely that, a different year. Yeah, man, we had uh, two little boys that used to be over at the house. I mean, literally every single day. And once COVID happened, like, I completely forgot about it. We haven't seen them in, like, four months, five months. <laughs> and I was like, I asked, I was like, where the hell are, you know, are freaking Jacob and what's his name at? And she was like, oh, their mom doesn't let them come out because of COVID. I was like, I get it, but come on, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we got to live our lives. It's, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to get into the whole, <laughs> to, you know, to the whole political arena, but I mean, it, it's amazing what, what we've done to this whole world and country, just completely gridlock almost. But, uh, uh we gotta, you gotta live your life. You gotta get out. You gotta, we gotta get going again. And, you know, unfortunately it is what it is. Right. Or right. my kiddos start school tomorrow. Have you guys started down there yet? Uh, I think some private school started last week, and then I want to say some some public school started this week, I believe. <laughs> and uh, I know some of the colleges were were starting uh, this week as well. But of course, I think most of them down south have uh, I've been reading with the hurricanes coming. They, they've you know, shut down everything and going to be off all next week because basically going to have back-to-back hurricanes hit. So, is are either of them supposed to be bad? I man, I don't watch the news anymore. I don't even have cable anymore. If it's not on Facebook, like half the time I don't see it. Uh, I I saw that there was two hitting back-to-back. I didn't know how big either one of them was even supposed to be. Well, uh, I know uh, the first one. I, I believe it's Marco. It's going to be a one, and. Um, I think the problem is it's high tide and it, it's going to be pushing, you know, the, the water 
really in. It's not going to be, you know, torrential winds and, you know, blowing everything over. I think it's just going to be a lot of rain and a lot of uh, water that rises up. Now, Laura, that's the that's the one that's coming through Dominican Republic, Haiti, and all that right now, and they they're saying it could be, I think, close to a two or a three. So that one that one's a little bit scarier, I believe. Well, yeah, especially when you already have all that flooding up there, man. Those levees. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's we we just moved back to North Louisiana a, a year ago, and uh, you know it's it's a different environment different world of course they're used to you know louisiana we're used to a lot of water but when it starts getting eight ten inches an hour for multiple hours that's when it gets rough you know if it if it dumps five to ten inches you know in say a 24 48 hour that you know that some low-lying areas will flood but nothing bad but when it starts doing it for multiple days on the end like that that's when it gets gets pretty bad yeah, man. I uh, I was like two miles off the coast down there in Mississippi outside of Biloxi. And, uh, God, it was probably back in 2010. And it was the first time I was stationed down there. And they're like, all right, well, you know, all you guys are eligible to uh, go home to wherever you guys want to go to if you don't want to stay here. Because there was like a Category 2 or something coming. Nothing big, but, I mean, we're can see the freaking you know bay or the gulf from there and yeah. uh they're like you guys can go and i was like i'll take the vacation that nothing ended up happening whatsoever and i think <laughs> that's the freaking dangerous part man is it's kind of like us crazy freaking midwesterners up here like and i say the real midwest not like ohio and stuff like that those guys all claim the midwest but i'm talking the heartland where tornado yeah. alley is at Tor- tornado alley yeah, yeah man oh, yeah. If there's a storm, I'm hey, we're gonna go check it out, man. Let's like, what's going on? I'm not one of those crazy storm chasers that goes live and like wants to get hailed on and stuff like that. But I don't. There was okay, so I've grown up around tornadoes my whole life. There was one scare in like 2001, and it hit the town of Battlefield, Missouri. And my dad had built a house in Battlefield like 10 years previous to that. The it was in a neighborhood, you know, like we were talking about earlier. The house yeah. behind him, for a half mile, was gone. For like, so that's how wide it was, and there was like four tornadoes that hit through that one path in one night, and then it it went up like sixty miles and hit a couple of towns in between. But that was like the first time I remember being a kid. I was maybe thirteen, fourteen, and I was like, okay, holy crap, tornadoes are like tornadoes are real, man. Because normally yeah. they hit out in the middle of nowhere. And he got some, like, roof damage, nothing crazy at all, but, like, everything was gone behind that. It looked like a, you know, a bomb went off, and uh, that was a weird one, but, man, that's that's just kind of, I don't even remember where the heck this story was going into. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about tornadoes and how... I 100% yeah. got too in depth in the details, and I cannot even remember where we were going. Well, I, I tell you, right after Katrina, um, mm. when Katrina hit, I was in still in North Louisiana, and um, everything south of here was just shut down, locked down. You you know you couldn't get in and out, especially further south you went. Um, 
and then once supply the i'm going to say the supply chain and supply line started flowing shortly that you know a day or two after the it, it just i've never been in a war i've never been you know in that setting but I, it just was devastating and i'm not talking about just like a tornado where you pass through a you know for a half a mile and stuff's messed up i'm talking about just for hours and miles of everything i mean houses completely destroyed or completely lifted off of their their foundation sitting in the middle of the road or huge uh, fish, fishing uh, shrimp boats and stuff on top of levees and and washing dryers refrigerators and mangled trees up at the top and i mean animals and stuff it, it was amazing um the lower knife award was unbelievable i mean it, it was i had to go down and, and do a lot uh taking a lot of supplies and it was it was it was brutal it was devastating yeah. so I, I, there's no way i'd want to have to uh have said i lived that one out but it, you know in, in the eye of it there's no way yeah that's what i was gonna that's where i was going with it um i was down there three years afterwards and there was still like you know glass everywhere pieces of roof houses like you'd go down a street where they'd rebuilt everything and you'd go the next street over and it would just still it, yeah yeah just be gone a wasteland but, uh, that's what i was gonna say is i grew up around tornadoes and that was like the only one that freaking bothered me so we uh we were asleep one night and the tornado sirens went off at like two in the morning and this was a couple of years ago and we lived like they follow I-44 through Oklahoma and Missouri and I live to the southwest or I'm sorry southeast of that and they never really go below there I mean very very rarely and they went off and I got woken up hey 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 the tornado sirens are going off I'm like go back to bed we're fine we live way the hell over here we will be fine I looked at the map I was like no there's nothing we're gonna be good I woke up the next morning and a freaking little F1, a little baby tornado, went through the field that was like 200 yards from the house <laughs> and it freaking destroyed this dude's barn. And then last year, we had a uh, F3 come through there and destroy that whole neighborhood, like took everything out but my house. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. So I think growing up around all that stuff and the people that are down there that are used to hurricanes, they get slightly lackadaisical you know like oh it's just another you know storm it's no big deal and then one like katrina or andrew hits and it's just total yeah. devastation because nobody takes it serious right yeah you get numb to oh yeah another hurricane or oh yeah another tornado and then the big one or you know i guess it'd be like in california with earthquakes you know oh yes yeah, it's a tremor or that's just a small three or four you know uh earthquake i mean you know the ground starts shaking and stuff starts falling I'm, I'm looking to you know get flat on the floor i guess you know i've never been in one so but it, it's crazy that's the only in the united states where you can have so much different terrain and different weather um it, it, just everything it changes so i just hope we have some cold weather this year man it's pushing bucks now dude i'm telling you it is uh last week it felt like teal season and like I said, it warmed up a little bit this week, but f heck, man, we're only like three weeks away. Oh, I know. Yeah, we. I think ours opens the twelfth, and uh, of course, it was it, this past week 
we've had a little bit of a cool, I guess, what come through y'all. You know, the mornings were, mm-hmm. I'd say, 70s, you know, low 70s. But, of course, by noon, we were up in the 90s, you know, mid-90s again. But it, it felt nice. Mornings and late afternoons, it felt real real nice. Man, it's been weird. We had high 50s this last week in the morning. 50s? Dude, wow. in August. Like, what in the heck? It was so weird. And then we were having, like, highs of, like, 81. I mean, like I said, it felt like teal season. Yeah, that that's nice. That's that's nice weather right there. Right. Makes that uh that freaking electric bill a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Ours doesn't stop running. You know, it just constantly, st- you know. Run, so I know I know all too well about the electric bill. <laughs> Dude, that is an ungodly heat <laughs> down there. Um, so tell me about uh, about you know this American Flyway Waterfowl, man. What what's the background behind it? Where where'd you get the idea? Did you start off collecting? Well, you know, I guess I got to start back, and I don't really remember why I was looking for a, a duck call, but uh, down here you know probably kind of like you, you, you everybody starts out i've been duck hunting since i was 15 years old i'm 46 i think 46 47 and uh in louisiana you know it was mainly duck commander or haydale's something like that you know that was the go-to you know grab a call 10 to 15 dollar 20 dollar call the echoes of the world the rnts of the world you know, that was the, the high-dollar expensive, you know, calls that only certain guys went after. And so as a kid, you know, you're just uh, – I've, I've had a brother, so I used his hand-me-downs. And uh, so it was either uh, a Haydale or a or, uh, Duck Commander call. And so one day, you know, this is years after, I was like, you know, I'm just going to look, start looking for another Duck call. And I started – searching on i guess on facebook after facebook come along and um man i just i kind of fell into some of the groups and one you know obviously the the call nuts the the dces of the world and all that uh kind of happened across some of those as i was looking and started noticing man there's a whole new world of custom calls Uh, and um guys that make these things by hand instead of just mass producing and it was it was just mind-boggling you know it was like a whole new world opened up to me and i'm a wood guy i love wood with different characters uh really a lot of grain that type stuff and you know when i started seeing what some of these guys could do just it just blew my mind and then the checkering and the carving and all that so i really I guess I'm trying to think. I want to say I jump. I kind of got started with Mike Stelzner with uh, preacher calls. Uh, for whatever reason, the preacher fit fit my style of calling, and, and I loved his shape. I loved his look, and uh, him and, and Kev with addiction. And so that was probably the two calls. I you know collectors or makers I started out with, really starting to look at and. and you know, buy some of their calls and um, started looking at the RT pages. And really, not to buy RTs, it was people were buying and selling calls. And this whole, you know, I grew up uh, 
collecting baseball cards. So, you know, you always were, hey, I got this card. What, what cards you got? So it kind of became a game of, you know, what, you know, who was your team? Who was your guy? And you started swapping around. And, and, and that's kind of how the, um, with the groups, uh, you know, and I've, I know you've talked to many different guys in the past about all the groups. And it just, you know, you, as you keep looking, there's more and more groups. And um, so one of the groups was the uh, RT, one of the RT pages. And it was a buy, sell, trade group. <clears throat> and at that time, I guess Stelzner and, and um, John, and I want to say um, Kurt McCullough, Hobo calls, they were doing their own waffles or raffle, waffle, whatever you want to call it, on right. their pages. Or, or somebody was doing it for them. You know, it really wasn't, I think John did his own, but. Um, what I guess Pat and those guys did Mike Stelzner with CNS and then uh, I cannot remember the gentleman's name that was doing it with Hobo but you know they were running those calls and so I started doing some of that you know planning some of it and then when I got joined on to the RT page well they started doing some of the waffles and I kept thinking to myself there's not a page out here that I knew of that did high-end, I want to say vintage calls, and I'm not talking about, you know, the old vintage calls, but the Alvin Taylors, the Billy Starks, some of those that they're, they're still, they were still on the mainstream, but they, they haven't become truly vintage, I guess. Uh, just a, just a high-end uh, collector call. Right. And there was no page out there for that avenue. There wasn't just a page directed at, you know, that click of a call or that value of a call to be traded, and that was the focus. Well, I, I kicked around a co- that, that idea for a while, and I, so I started Call Ballers. And I, I don't even remember how the name, who mentioned it. I, I don't remember exactly who mentioned the name. But I kept telling a few people that, hey, I'm going to start this page, you know, because I started collecting Alvin uh, Taylor, Taylor made calls. And so I had some of those, and I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, I want to show these things off, you know, and there really wasn't an avenue to show the, you know, those type calls off. And so um, somebody said, well, you ought to call it, you know, call ballers, you know, like from the old basketball days, you know, hey, he's a baller type. And I'm like, yeah, I hate that word, you know, because I mean, I don't know why I hate it. It just, it's just one of those things that I, I it's a, it, it fits kind of, but then it's like, it's, it's coin. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it, it's a bit, guys kind of liked it. They, they thought it was catchy. And so I started that page called Call Ballers. And, um, so once we once I started the page, some guys started joining, and, we, and it was kind of we had our own little click going. And um, shortly after that, I was like, you know, hey, would anybody be up for you know a, a multi, you know higher dollar waffle? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, Weedman or something of that nature, you know, one that was three hundred to five hundred dollars. And uh, so we started doing that, and man, it's it's been going for three or four years now 
and during that whole process i kept thinking you know there's there's another avenue and i don't know if you're you know if you're one of these type of guys but um, I, I'm always looking for something and, and I've always looked for something that I wanted to do that I could just, you know, start and, and take off with it. Uh, Cause I mean, I've, I've, my profession, my real work, what I consider my real work, I've been doing for 23 years and I love it. I mean, I'm a salesman and so I get to, I get to meet and greet and do all that stuff and enjoy, uh, customers every day. But also, I kept wanting more. I kept wanting to think, what else could we do? What else could I do? And so, I just kind of had this vision in my mind of starting a page or a website and kind of rolling a lot of stuff that the Facebook pages do into a website and and having an outlet for guys that are, you know, not the RNTs, not the Echoes, you know, not the... Um, 737, any of those guys, but just, you know, guys that are still starting but have been going for a while and, and really that do it part time. You know, uh, as you know, there's only a handful that do it full time. Most everybody has, you know, full time jobs and right. they, they do it, uh, you know, in the evenings, at nights, on the days off or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, the, to me, those those guys, you know, when you're not full time, you're not trying to, you know, you have your other real time job, so it's not like you're you're having to push out calls to feed your family. You know, this is more of a hobby. You know, there's a lot of competition involved, but there's still you can still take your time and put out a, a, a great call. You know, great masterpiece in the art form. And so I kept having this thought that, there, you know, that there's got to be an outlet for this. You know, and one, it's a double-edged sword because these guys, they're so busy that it's hard to get them to be able to make you a call. You know, one, it, it, it was kind of weird. It kind of went like, I know like uh, Michael Maris was talking, you know, where he went from, you know, he could make a call in, in a day or two days to now a year, two years. And a lot of the guys like have went from that, that from being able to make a call. If you, if you talk to them today, they could have you a call in a day or two right. to months to years out, you know, and it was about that time. It seemed like that, you know, I always told the guys that I, I you know, talked to, Listen, I, I'm never going to tell you I need a call by X day. You, just, you know, it's just not me. Uh, these guys are, you know, they've got families, they they've got real jobs, um, they got other customers, and so I just told them, I said, listen, you know, let's just brainstorm and you know, kick. You know, a lot of these guys were starting to get burnt out too, and I said, listen, just do in between a custom a custom call, knock one out that you want that you want to build. You know, for, if it was be for your lanyard or not, you know. Just do it. And if you don't want to keep it, well, send that call to me. That's the call that I want. And I want to, you know, put it and display it for more than just the Facebook pages to see. To kind of grow that custom call world out uh, more than just Facebook. Because I'm telling you, if I'd have never stumbled upon Facebook and just searching a duck call, I'd have never stumbled upon a custom call world. And it's, it's a whole different, you know, ball game. 
I mean, it's crazy how many custom call makers there are out there today compared to what it was three or four years ago. And I, which I think it's a good thing because it's keeping the craft alive. You know, I know John uh, going to Colapalooza, and that's something John Stevens with RT, you know, with RJ Stevens calls, you know, that's something that he wants to continue. It seems like that's what a, a big focus of his is to continue this dying breed, dying, dying art form. And, you know, I, I just want to kind of give guys another avenue. They, they might not have the time to be able to sit down, market their stuff, um, or, or have a website, or have time to, you know, put out X amount of calls on, on the Facebook pages and stuff like that. Now, some do, and some enjoy that one-on-one relationship. And, and um, a, lot of them, a lot of them have been very successful with it. So, but that's kind of, I don't know if I really answered your question, but that's kind of <laughs> how I started. Because it kind of all started from, you know, just the Facebook groups uh, and then kicking around an idea to start a page and then from that page to something more. And that's kind of what ASW turned into. Um, and it's it's been changing, evolving um, from from day one. So it's it's going on. This is the third third year. It's been it's been two and a half years, but this is the third third year second full year so um and it's been growing you know ever since so well it's a really really cool concept man because like you said i could jump on 10 different big box stores website if i wanted to buy a an echo or rnt or zinc or anything like that you know i could call rogers and freaking have you know a duck and you know any one of those brands sent to me within two or three days and there wasn't anything like that for a custom call makers. You're you're sitting on a list. You're just waiting, man. And it's really right. cool to be like, hey, man, I know Michael's list, we're just using MIG as an example, um, is a year and a half long. And I might want him to turn this one very specific call, but let me jump on Joey's website and see if he has anything hanging out that I could just have for now. Because right. Right. we're all impatient. I'm impatient, man. If I want something now, I've had times where I've been so irritated, not with call makers, but like you go somewhere, man, we were at a restaurant one time and me and my girl wanted to split 16 freaking, 16 wings. She <laughs> likes freaking boneless because she's a girl. I want bone in because I'm a freaking man. And that's what I want. I want some freaking, I want some buffalo wings, man. And I'm just kidding about that. But, uh, and they're like, "Oh, we can't do that." And I was like, "There's a 16 piece right here. Like, why can't I get eight and eight? And they're like, "Well, it's a different price." And I was like, "Okay, well, do the math and charge. Yeah. Like, I'm a paying. I'll pay the difference. I don't care." They're like, "Well, we can't do that. You have to get either a six or a freaking twelve or something like that." And I was like, "I, I have money. I'll pay. Like, just give me what I want." I know it's it's amazing. Uh, again, I, I've been in sales and in management all my life, and when someone asks for something just out of, out of the ordinary, it's not—it's not even crazy. Like what you're asking for, but the, when someone the very first words out of their mouth is I, "we can't" or "I can't do that," I mean, it just re- aggravates me to to know yet because you're a paying customer. Nine times out of ten, you'll pay the higher price just to get it the way you want. Exactly. So do it. You know. I mean, charge them for, you know, the the 12 or the 16, 
at the higher price, but fix, you know, tell the cook to fix it the way you wanted them done. I mean, and be done with it. And, you know, everybody, everybody makes, everybody get, you get what you want, and the, and the the restaurant gets to make the, the higher dollar money. <laughs> right. And I want to make it 100% clear. I have worked yeah, in a restaurant. Yeah. I tip. Like, I tip 20%, 20-25%. Like, I'm not that asshole, and I never send food back. So I just want everybody to think, oh, Chris is in that. No, no, no. Like, I, I'm always super polite because I've worked in that type of stuff. But I was just like, God, you know, like, when they walk away, like, you got to be kidding me. Um, right, right. But you know, and we're, and we're just using that as a as example. Too. I mean, it happens. It happens in, in in every everywhere, you know. So yeah, exactly. I, I, but yeah, man, the, the you know, I feel I, I kind of feel bad, and I know some of the call makers do too, because they'll they'll want to send a call and they want to do something different, but their waiting list is so long, and and that's why I never put pressure on them because you know some of them feel guilty about sending me a call or when I say me AFW uh, a call to put on the website when they've got so many people waiting but most of the people waiting understand you know why they're waiting and they understand that sometimes the guys you know they get out there and they've turned the same call to or something similar two or three times and they start getting burnt out I mean in in those those times are when they need, you know, you you're a prime example. You know, you you, you build some calls and you just kind of shut it down for a while because you got burnt out or tired of it or, or just it was just to, you know you just wanted to go rest and not not have to focus on it. But I can't tell you how many times I, I hear you know I'm going to do the the Ernie Ross method. You know, we're just going to quit taking orders and we're I'm just going to build something and you know when I get done post it up and let let it go. You know. Yep. And. Uh, and I get it. Listen, I uh, I wish I I could have the talent to sit there and make a call. You know, yeah, you know, I love wood, um, but I I don't have the patience nor the time to sit there and, and try to do that. So I never would. You know, my I think my skill is more on the, the selling end of it and uh, dealing with with guys that um, looking for certain calls. Because you know, I listen to your Scott Rowe. Um, Podcast and and man, I can't tell you how many messages I get. How, you know, questions, messages, uh, people asking, and it's not negative. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I I, I enjoy helping everybody that I can, um, but it just eats away before you know it. So much of your time. Oh yeah. And uh, <laughs> and and guys, you know, again, I'm not complaining, but guys just really don't understand that. You know, and they don't understand that. You know, somebody just asked you for a value of a call. Well, you've already answered five or six throughout the day already. Uh, just of that one, you know, one style of question. But, uh, you know, the call makers are the same way. I mean, they just, they got kids, they got life, they got family. And, and again, only a, a very few of them, you know, do this full time. They're, they're out there on the call pages. You know, of course, you got the, the big guys doing it. But, um, you know, uh, Stelzner, Kev. Raggio, uh, Korea, you know, those guys, you know, they're, they're doing this full time trying to feed their family and, and, and always looking for something, um, new, new avenue or, or new way to come out with something. So, but, um, but no, that, that was my kind of my, my brainstorm behind AFW. Uh, it was to never, 
never really be a Rogers and Max, or Cabela's, or anything like that. Just kind of stay more custom oriented, um, focus on premium and quality, and, and that type of stuff. And I've tried to expand it into uh, turkey calls. Um, and, so, and and also whatever I, I try to bring is to get more eyes on on the website, really to have more eyes on these call makers. So I, you know I've added some other lines, uh, Apex Ammunition, um, the Finisher uh, from David Mustaeus um, with the drill line. So a few things like that, and then tried to build the, the FW brand itself and. Um, and drive, you know, drive eyes, looks, views onto the website to hopefully to, to open up other guys to the custom call problem. Yeah, man. And you were talking about, you know, the guys, uh, you know, feeling bad about doing this call or not working on a books call or something like that. But you brought up something that's so important, and that is to remain creative and to be able to do what you want. And I've said it on podcasts in the past and I tell customers, I'm like, hey man, like I'm pu- I'll am i put you on my books and uh, I'll, I'll work on your stuff, you know, obviously in a, a somewhat timely manner. But if there's something that comes along and I want to do it, like I'm going to do it. Like that's how you're going to get your best work out of me is for me to be right. enjoying it. And for this little head-to-head competition that we have, we have you know all sixteen call makers in a in a little closed group chat, and that thing has been so fun for the last two weeks, watching everybody go back and forth and talk crap to each other and see, <laughs> and you know I I told I said it on a podcast the other day I heard freaking Meredith say he's excited to go out to the shop and turn a call. And yeah. we've been friends yeah. for a long time, and he has been burnt out pretty bad for a long time. And it, it's stuff like this and stuff where, you know, where AS, AFW, where you can jump on there and be creative and uh, and do something fun. So I think it's so important, man. Yeah, and, and you know, I've told guys, again, even when I've ordered or, or placed an order with, with one of the makers, and I, and I don't do that very often, but when I do... I never give them a time frame. You know, I mean, I, I know Brad Samples is a perfect example. I think I've maybe bought two or three customs from him, true customs. And, I mean, they've taken a year to, to two years to get. And I've never once, you know, hounded him or asked him. I might just, you know, reach reach out to say hi and how things going and you had any more thought. But, you know, that's, I've always said that that's y'all's, masterpiece and you know put your thought to it take your time I, I want a call you know I remember Waylon uh, I asked Waylon I, I wanted a checkered call from him and I just told him I said listen I want a call that you would send to NWTF or you know one of the, the real footers whatever and um, he did me a call and he actually said man you know this thing is turned out I want to send it in uh, to one of the competitions and actually won first place. You know, and I told him, well, keep the call. Make me something similar, you know. And he said, no, I'm not keeping it. He sent it to me. You know, I mean, that, that, those are the type of calls that I wanted. You know, just something that that they get so creative and be able to take their time and, and you know, do what they do best. A true so, piece of art, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, in you know, the only, I guess, the only other thing I'd say about AFW I mean I could talk about it a lot actually but 
the only other avenue or what I had in my mind was to give back. And so um, a portion of the sales has always gone to some kind of benefit foundation. And uh, that's, you know, you've been around the groups very long time. That's, duck, duck call makers, duck call collectors are very generous. I mean, you can go out there on any page and there's always a benefit going and there's, they're raising thousands of dollars. And, um, man, I can't, it's just amazing to see, even though there's a lot of drama, <laughs> but it's amazing to see, you know, how guys come together and actually, you know, uh, just turn out for someone in need. And a lot of times it's, it's people that we don't even know, you know, we would never know. Um, it's just amazing. So that was one thing that I've always uh, wanted to focus on was um, giving a portion of the sales back to, to some benefit. And uh, we've done that every year. Uh, and then I wanted to partner with a veterans group. And I went out and I got some of the veterans that are on the, the call ballers page and, and I asked them, you know, some of their thoughts. And I told them, I said, listen, I'm starting out. You know, I don't want to and I'm not knocking this by no means, but like Stump with, with Valor and Honor, I mean, it's a great organization. He does a great job, but they're more established. And I'm like, you know, I don't want, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to give thousands of dollars. You know, I might give 250 or $500 here and there. You know, I, I'm not going to be able to give thousands. So I want someone or a group or organization to start out. So we, we came up with a, a group out of California uh, called Mad, uh, Mad Outdoors, Make a Difference Outdoors. And uh, so that's one thing that I, I love doing is being able to help, you know, veterans, help uh, kids. Uh, we, we gave the uh, Cubs kids with uh, Tommy Covington mm-hmm. um, uh, out of Little Rock. And, and just, so that's, that's one uh, big thing that I'll, I'll, I do want to put out there is a lot of the, a lot of it is geared towards, you know, um, giving back, you know, conservation or just getting uh, veterans or, or disadvantaged people and kids mainly, you know, out and having them an avenue or giving them an avenue to be able to get out and experience something that, you know, I, t- I take for granted because I grew up, you know, my, my brother, my dad took me hunting and fishing since I was able to walk. So, um, so that's one, one of the main focuses also. Yeah, man, that's that's so awesome that you guys do that. And like you said, there's call makers and the collectors and the pages and stuff like that. They're just a we're all just a weird bunch of guys, man. Like we we're all a little bit crazy. And I, you know, I've said it. This avenue versus a lot of other competitive type aspect stuff. There, there's not nearly as much drama. Like you see one thing, but then you see five or six every different group that you click on. There's three or four benefits for a family, like you said, that you don't even know. And I've donated calls and you know stuff like that to guys that I didn't even know and without a second thought, man. Because and you exactly. know you don't yeah. want the the praise or hype. Like none of that crap matters. It's just about helping everybody else in the community. And that's what's so amazing about that. So that's really a, a noble thing that you guys are doing over there, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, that's one thing that I, I get the most enjoyment out of is, is the benefits. I, I wish 
you know, AF Waterfront. I had the sales to be able to do bigger and better, and maybe one day. But uh, one thing off the the actual Facebook page, I mean, it's just amazing um, all the benefits that we've we've helped call makers do, and then also you know helped them on different pages as well. And it's that that's what I enjoy is being able to to help someone else in need, and it's just. Uh, amazing and I just got a, a, this one that always stands out is uh, Chris Alexander's buddy um, who was paralyzed and we were able to raise enough he came to me thinking you know hey let's I want to I want to help this guy and his family get him a trax chair and you know they were they're right about fourteen thousand dollars and um he knows him personally he he you know friends with the family and so we he helped you know, I reached out to quite a few guys, and, and I helped him put it together. And, man, we raised enough for, for him to actually surprise his buddy with that tracks chair. And, it was, I mean, the, things like that are just is what is what makes, you know, me want to keep continuing doing what I do. Exactly, man. It's, uh, it's that important stuff, man. I grew up super poor when I was uh, a little kid. And I don't, my, I don't even know if my parents know that I remember, man. But there was a time that I remember somebody coming by and giving us presents when we were, I don't know, four, five, six, something like that. And it's like ever since that day, man, it's just had that drive to want to give back, you know, and want to help out somebody else, especially kids, veterans, you know, people that need help. It just, I don't know, it's it's very, very important to me. And so it's just, it's very amazing that you're doing that stuff, man. I uh, I couldn't respect you more for it. Yeah, you know, speaking of veterans, uh, a lot of the, the other, I guess, avenues, the people that, uh, the companies or the people that I, I try to partner with, you know, that's one thing that I'll look at, you know, especially if they're a veteran group, you know, Apex Ammunition out of Mississippi, they're, they're, they're all veterans and uh, they're a great organization and, you know, they, they make a premier um, ammo for especially turkeys and they're, you know, trying to get branched out into the waterfowl world but one of the things um that i I love about them is you know they're american-made and they're all veterans and you know that's that's their livelihood so um i love partner partnering with veterans as much as possible you know well as a veteran man that's awesome so i gotta agree (laughs) with that (laughs) well well, i just you know I, i didn't grow up in that life um so I, I just I just love and appreciate it you know like you thank you for your service I just it's just uh, what what veterans and, and to the people in the military and their families give up the life that they give up to to serve the United States is just unbelievable and you know the credit out there is should be by far a lot more so uh, I just you know I, I appreciate any and everyone that's ever served and their families because it's not just them it's their families as well that goes through it yeah that was uh, one of the biggest reasons i got out man is i knew it would be hard to be a uh, full-time sailor because i was in the navy and a full-time you know husband father all that type of stuff and i just knew that 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 lifestyle is rough so i uh that's why i got out but, yeah, I could only imagine. <laughs> you know, there were times, man, that I was in the Navy. Hell, we would be in port. Like, we're not going on deployment for months. We're in port. We're not doing drills. And uh, we had one time the XO was when 
he was the one that cut everybody out on Friday. Came over the intercom system, you know, uh, the one MC is the sailors call it, but, uh, you know, Liberty call, Liberty call, that type of thing. And nobody was out cleaning on that last Friday, doing the last sweep down of the ship before everybody except the duty section went home. So everybody's waiting around at like 1, 2 o'clock, and he secured the uh, brow, which means you could, nobody's allowed to come on or off the ship. And we ran fire drills all weekend long. I had to call home, and I was like, uh, yeah, I know I'm supposed to be home in about an hour, but I am not leaving this weekend until further notice. And, uh, yeah, I was like, for nothing that, you know, I even had anything to do with, but that's, that's the military for you, man. No, oh, I know, I know. It's it's a it's a life that you know you you totally give your life up to to do what you do, you know. And uh, it's amazing. These those guys are amazing. So and you're you know you were one of them. I still are, but I mean, just just the, what you give up to do and what you have got to go through is just unbelievable. Man, the thing that I love the most about being a civilian, because there are a lot of times that I romanticize uh, the good old days and, like, you know, think back how good it was. There is something so good, though, about knowing that if you have a really, really bad day, that you could be like, F this game, I am out. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> but you can't do that in the military. But No, you can't. You I can't, can't do it man. anyway. I got too many bills to pay and kids to feed. But <laughs> it's oh, still really? nice to yeah. have that feeling. Yeah. 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 If you do that, you better have something else uh, waiting in the wings. Yeah. Time. You might not have a place to sleep tonight if you do. <laughs> yeah. Because Mr. Mortgage is not going to ever stop coming. I'm, I'm talking know? about the boss lady. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, that, that, that too. That too. <laughs> well, what I like, you know, aside from, you know, all the giving back and stuff like that, is the, you know, man. I said it in the little intro that I did before we jumped on the phone is you've had quite a few guys that I've had on this podcast, you know, uh, call makers that you've had come on the website. And that's what I think is another really cool thing about what you're doing is uh, creating an avenue for people to get out there and show off new calls. It's kind of like a, uh, a verification type thing. If people, you know, jump on your website, they're like, oh, they've got this guy's stuff. They got it. Well, his stuff must be pretty good. You know, like I was a little <laughs> bit questionable about trying it out, but, you know, it's on here, so it has to be pretty decent. Right, right. Yeah, man, it was when I, when I first started, um, I got really uh, seven or eight guys together uh, that I, I reached out. I, and I reached out to quite a few you know quite a few before to trying to see who would be interested and who could actually you know produce some calls be able to do it and, and launch something without just one or two you know so um i had a, a core group that that started and it was seven or eight guys and a lot of them like you said are who you had on the meredith um ben shook Waylon thompson um, Buddy Stippage, Rusty Heron, Will Shelley. Uh, um, what I tried to do was pick one or two guys in each area that they were, you know, good at. Uh, Bill Daniels was Bryceland, and uh, you know he's still with me today. 
more on his cousin. You know, I, I would say probably Bill is the biggest name. When I say biggest name, biggest name because he's in a lot of retail. You know, he's in right. the big, the big, the big box stores. But the calls that they sell for him are not the calls that I sell. So, um, you know, I, I sell. He he doesn't actually let anyone else sell his wood customs, but he. Every so often, he does let me sell some of them, but a lot of his one-offs, one-off colors, uh, like the Deadshot polymer, you know, all all those new runs of colors that was sent out, you know, I, I, I can sell, you know, I have some of those now on the website. And, and so, Bill was probably, I guess I would say, the biggest name as far as retail uh, that has been in retail. So, I, you know, I picked Bill for a spec call. Um, Rusty uh, for a Canada call. Uh, Buddy Stippage, he had uh, Canada and also a whistle. Uh, being more for just a straight whistle, um, had Brad, uh, you know, Brad's Brad. You know, I was hoping <laughs> hoping one day he, he would make a, a, an awesome carved call and put up, but, you know, that never, you know, happened because it was time. You know, when he yeah. goes to make one of those calls, it's, it, you know, usually ends up, at, you know, at one of the competitions and in, in you know the car part of it. But uh, you know, I tried to pick guys that had their own, I guess, skill set, but mm-hmm. also kind of fit a certain criteria. And I didn't want to overlap too much. You know, there was some overlapping, but you know, I didn't want you know ten guys that made ten you know meat calls you know right. or 10 whistles or something like so i tried those but uh really everybody was real open to the idea and then uh, so i was able to to get that core group and you know for work really months behind the scene saying hey guys you know this is kind of what my idea is this is why i would love to be able to you know launch something and you know, well, does this give you enough time to make one or two calls? And I uh, finally was able to do that. And then from there, you know, some you know some guys only made one or, or two calls, and they were they just are too busy. And then from there, man, I you know I've had a good number of, of guys uh, come through the page, and, and you know, every one of them, you know, I'd, I'd love to have a call there. So just they they get to that point where either they're so booked up busy or there's burnout you know and right. just can't just can't make another extra call so um and then uh, the, i guess the the latest uh, kind of brainstorm and something that's been kicked around for a, a year or more was the small shop concept you know the guys that are just really starting um you know not not the the migs or or the Battle Creeks, or, or any of those guys, just, you know, um, the guys that are just now starting to get out there, you know, getting, you know, I, I still, I still want to have guys that uh, cut from, from a jig, you know, not, uh, not one that's been CNC'd or something like that, or right. nothing like that, but still cut from a jig, hand cut, so, you know, guys that are just starting out, but have, you know, gotten past that early stages. Right. So, and uh, that's kind of where the small shop concept, when I launched it, I, I reached out to a few guys. Um, they were eager to, to jump on it, and then a couple had to back out, just the timing. Um, 
but honestly, I mean, I've been happy with it so far. I think everybody loves the idea. They're, of course, as a collector, you know, I constantly get a message, hey, who's next? Who's coming? Who you got? You know, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> like Eric, Eric Ostevich, you know, he's one. I'll be just whatever during the day, and somebody will message me and go, hey, when's, when are you getting Eric's calls? And I'm like, and I'm like what are you talking about? I don't, Eric don't even tell me. You know, he just posts something up on his page. And, you know, he'll say, hey, you know, be looking out for these. And people will let me know when calls are coming because I don't even know when calls are coming. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it keeps it interesting, that's for sure. Well, yeah, man. And that's the cool thing about you working with so many different guys and people's schedules being busy is you might not necessarily have 30 different call makers stuff up there at once, but you can kind of, you know, pick and choose and kick through and like, oh, hey, you know, Chad has got some calls ready and Brad has got some calls ready and Eric's got some, like, you know, it gives you that uh, availability to always have a little bit of something different on there, which is really cool too. That's exactly right. So, you know, as the first core group, you know, I really did a lot of, you know, a good year and, I realize, you know, hey, these guys, you know, they're they're busy, and so I'm going to have to reach out to some to more guys. And and throughout the time, I do get guys asking me, you know, to be a part of the page, or you know, I tell them there's a you know there's a kind of a process I go through, and you got to meet certain criteria. Um, and I hate telling people no, but I mean, it's just something I've, I've got a, a a process and a platform that I want to stick to, and so. It, there's certain steps that they've got to kind of follow and meet and everything for me to, to be able to, you know, consider them. So, uh, well, but, let's be a hundred percent honest. There has to be a demand too. like, like, oh, yeah, there true. has to be a demand for that one specific, you know, specific call maker, because if not, you're going to end up sitting on inventory and the whole thing's going to fall in on itself. Well, correct. And you know, when I started this, I started literally with $5,000 on my own pocket. You know, and I've never gone, I've never had any more money other than I've got a, a line at the bank that I use, but it's it's a constant ebb and flow. You know, I, I buy, I sell, I buy, I sell. So, you know, there's there's calls that, you know, the money just goes back and forth, but it's just kind of steady. And I'll have a, a wild brain idea and I'll try it and I'll spend a thousand dollars. Well, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, right, so yeah. I just, I, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna sell custom call blanks, you know, and just the high exotic. You know, well, that didn't work out. You know, I mean, after I even started, I thought this is not gonna work. You know, I, I, it was a neat idea, uh, but it just wasn't gonna, wasn't gonna work for what I was had in my mind. So, but you're right. I mean, there's gotta be an appeal uh, for guys um, as a collector. So that, you know, I, I'm looking at calls as a collector standpoint. And there's got to be that that value, that appeal to it. But there's also, you know, when I see guys out there making calls, you know, I, there's certain things catching my, catches my eye. So, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I'll reach out to guys, say, man, I really like what you're knocking out right now. You know, have you ever, you know, tell me a little bit about your, you know, your company tell me a little bit about how long you've been doing it you know do you use a, a custom jig do you you have a flat jig or, or you know what 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 do you do and uh, so I, I'll kind of let them tell me how they started when they started the process and then you know if it kind of all works out um, you know I'll, I'll invite them on so but I, I, I do take 
you know, chances. And, you know, because, again, there's guys that, I mean, you know, you take Michael Meredith. I mean, he was selling calls for $85. Now, we all know back a year ago or, or a year and a half ago, he could have sold a call for $250, but he wouldn't do that because that's not who he is. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, he went from 85 to 115 I guess he might sell one for 150 a, a true custom now for 150 I'm not sure what his customs go for now. But, I mean, you know, there's got to be a little bit of meat to it because in retail, you know, I've got website expenses. I've got um, the transaction expenses. i got to ship it. You know, the, the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> the taxes, uh, my time. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it. So if a guy's selling a call for $85, I don't want to turn around and sell that call for 150 because he's selling to his normal customers for $85. So there's got to be a little bit of need there also to be able to have a retail experience if you're a call maker. So I'll be the first to say, even as a collector, I mean, what you guys do and the time you put in, you don't get nowhere near what, what you should be getting. I mean, uh, especially these guys that do checkering and some of these others. I mean, just the time that it takes and all the inlays and, this, and if you're doing a CA finish, I mean, it's just, it's amazing that a guy can spend that amount of time and only sell sell that piece or that art for a hundred dollars man um, i've jumped on a lot of well not jumped on that's the wrong way to say it but i i've talked to guys man that uh make calls and you know they put a whole inlaid and stippled and all this kind of craziness and the, the list is starting at like 85 and i'm like dude you have to <laughs> you have to value your time more like you know i've i've played that game man i've i've sold plenty of calls for under 100 bucks like it happens all the time and i've sold a lot of calls where i didn't make crap on them just so i could buy more material but dude now that my time is so limited i i post a call like what i wanted at and if i have something that's been sitting on the shelf for a while i might throw it up on a waffle or something like that but I don't yeah, have time yeah. for that. I value my time too much. And uh, that's what guys have to do. You know, you look at a guy like Josh or, hell, even Channing, man. He puts it on there as, like, hey, this is what I'm going to sell it for. And uh, you have to to value your time because if not, it goes from – if you're doing it as a business instead of a hobby, that's when you start getting kicked pretty hard. Oh, exactly. I'll never forget. I spent – uh, quite a few hours talking to Josh on the phone about this whole American Flyway. You know, he helped me um, brainstorm, I guess you'd say. And then mm-hmm. I, I went over and, <clears throat> and actually spent uh, a day at a shop. And I'll never forget it. You know, he said, um, talking about the, the price of his calls, he's like, you know, as hunters, we go out, we, we you know, our, our vehicles are thousands of dollars our four-wheelers are side-by-sides are thousands of dollars our boats are thousands of dollars our guns are thousands our dogs are thousands but yet people gripe over a hundred dollar or four hundred dollar duck call you know i mean and that's something that you you know growing up i had a you know a lanyard with two duck calls on it it stayed on it for 20 30 years and you know and he's and he had a point there. I, I never thought about it that way. The the one tool that you use the entire time while you're duck hunting is your duck call. And people 
you know, really don't want to, you know, they complain. They don't complain, but it's like they see a guy selling something for a hundred to one hundred fifteen dollars, and then they see a guy selling one for two fifty to five hundred, and then they're like, "Well, that's just crazy." You know, it's kind of like Sitka. Oh, that's that's ludicrous. You know, uh, but the time, the the one of the most important pieces, you know, of the hunt, and you you know you're gonna change on that you know it opened my eyes more to what he had to say and I kind of understood that so many call makers undervalue their work Um, and I get it you know you got to start somewhere and you got to build a clientele and and of course when you take an order and you take the specifics I mean uh, the inlays the stippling the uh all that part of it, you know, to, it can add up, um, especially now. I think guys have raised their prices to a degree. Oh, some yeah. of them to a degree. Yeah, the you know, that I think is definitely raised. Right, right. And, you know, I'm going to say a lot of people say that, you know, the waffle rate, you know, has completely destroyed the collecting of, of calls and of values and, and all that. To me, it's no different than eBay. You know, I mean, there was an auction uh, guy at Dieter uh, on the Advantage calls that just happened this past weekend. I mean, there's still calls that are, you know, going for, you know, 2000 to 5000 that uh, three, four years ago you could have got for five, six $600. You know, so I think it's just the market. You know, uh, more people were into the collecting, the, the custom end of it, the collecting end of it. They've opened their eyes to it, I believe. Well, and that's the another thing about it is you can go and kill a pile of ducks with a twenty-five, thirty-dollar polycarb call from Bass Pro, you know, wherever the heck you get it, Walmart even, and you can shoot a hell of a lot of ducks with a three hundred dollar eight seventy that you got at the freaking pawn shop. Like you can go kill ducks over some cheap decoys that don't hold up longer than a season it doesn't matter you can go kill birds over any of that stuff but you don't you upgrade throughout time you can wear walmart camo it doesn't matter like none of that stuff matters but everybody else will spend money upgrading so nobody's forcing you to buy a nice custom duck call and that's the thing nobody's forcing you to play a waffle nobody's forcing you to pay five thousand dollars for a freaking custom call like they're choosing to engage in it and it's a fun thing for people to do and if they want to do it you can do it if you don't want to do it then don't right right oh it's uh it's a crazy uh crazy you know i see it every day i'll I'll post up calls uh advertising you know for af waterfowl and you know you got the the guys out on some of the other i'm I'm not going to say duck call related pages but just waterfowl related pages and they're like oh my god there's no way i'd spend you know that amount of money for for one of them calls and yet they're you know they're wearing sick gear and shooting you know ball shells and stuff i mean you know it's just it's you know you, i want to say really you know no one's telling you you have to but you know for the person that won't you know golf you can you, like just like you said, you can go buy Walmart clubs and you can hit and play around the golf with them. But you know, if you want a better feel of a club, you know, step up, spend the money. Yeah, Same way, you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so uh, there, there's a 
there's a, I always say, a nut in the bowl for everybody, you know? That's why they made so many, I guess. I don't know. Right. Yeah, man. It's There's there's something for everybody, and uh, I don't know. It, it's a topic that's never going to go away, but that's just the way that it works, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, Joey, I really appreciate you jumping on here, buddy. I think it's a, a very interesting thing you guys got going on over there, man. I love watching it. I love seeing the different stuff and ideas um like i said couldn't have more respect for you for the way that you guys give back and man i just really appreciate your time tonight man i, I really appreciate you inviting me on and uh anytime man i i, I love it i love the, the camaraderie and and all that so uh look forward to to hearing the rest of the podcast you got lined up and everything I appreciate it, buddy. And uh, you tell the wife I'm sorry. The rerun. You still have 30 minutes before the, 30 minutes. the rerun this, starts up. Yeah, the finale of Yellowstone. So, is it the yeah, season yeah. finale or the finale? It finale? is. It's it's the well, it's the it's the season three finale. So I, gotcha. I don't know if they've you know already announced that they're coming out with another season yet or not. But it's the finale of this season. So. I can't imagine that they won't. That show is way too popular. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, buddy, give so, everybody your uh, your website address so that way they can go check out what you got going on. And it's uh, afwaterfowl.com or americanflywaywaterfowl.com. And uh, go check it out. There's some great uh, custom call makers out there, and you never know uh, what's coming next as far as when a call pops up. So, um Give us a shout on, on social media too. It's it's the same uh, name out there on Instagram and, and also Facebook. So very cool, brother. Well, I appreciate your time, man. I hope you have a great night. All right, man. You too. All Thanks. right, take care, buddy. All right, bye. All right, guys. Joey Hip, American Flyway Waterfowl. Check it out. Go out there, see some custom calls on there. And uh, a lot of guys that you've listened to on this podcast have got calls hanging out up there. So, uh, yeah, check them out. Hopefully you liked it. Leave a review. Share it. Um, check out the head-to-head competition. you got a week until we're going to start doing some live scoring and stuff like that. I appreciate you guys. See ya.